Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Broncos preseason postgame show. The final whistle just blew, and our Bears won a game here in the preseason, finally, 24-23, to in a game that I'm going to classify as sloppy, ton of penalties. I think both teams had like 144 penalty yards. We'll talk about those as we get throughout this postgame show, but I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Holdewitt, and to help me break down this game, I am joined by both of my Bears brothers, and I am literally joined by both of them as Brandon and Nick right here with me. This is the first time that we've ever done a podcast with all three of us in a same location. We did it in Canton, but that was offline. This is live, so this is definitely new territory for us. We're all going to be sharing this one mic, so this is going to be a lot of fun. But uh, fellas, we had a pretty good day. We started off Soldier Field this morning, took the train up to Chicago, uh, did a fantasy draft. It was a lot of fun. Uh, B, overall, are you hanging in there? Because I am personally feeling quite tired. Yeah, I'm I'm hanging in there. We'll we'll get through this, and then it's it's bedtime. <laughs> Nick needs his nap nap, right? Oh, no doubt about it. It's been a long day, but like you guys said, it was a fun day. We did have a fantasy draft from Soldier Field, and yeah, it's just uh, after this, we're probably gonna get to bed. Yeah, and my fantasy team is definitely the best between the three of us. You can check Twitter, and you can let us know. You, I have some guys disagreeing with me, but of course, that's just how the cookie crumbles. But guys, let's go ahead and get down to breaking down this Bears game. And let's go ahead and jump right into our opening drive, which consists of our opening segments and, of course, our most valuable bear. And we got to begin like we always do with my monster moment. And I'm going to give you two here. And I almost can do three now uh, after the last series from that Bears defense. Um, I'm going to give you one with the starters first because... Uh, for the third series of the night, uh, it was on right after the Bears had that safety. Uh, the Bears marched down the field, five plays, 75 yards. Uh, they're able to score and take the lead, and it was uh, a great play in the red zone. Uh, a lot of misdirection. Uh, Trubisky uh, faked the handoff left to Howard. The entire defense bit. Uh, then Trubisky found Trey Burton on the right side, wide open for a play uh, for a touchdown. And uh, so for me, this first touchdown connection between uh, Drew and Trey, some, a connection that is going to be very valuable uh, this season, especially with a tight end injury that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, it's going to be my monster moment for the starters because it proved uh, – at least I was proud, I should say, of how the first team was able to bounce back after giving up that safety. Things were looking a little scary on the offensive side of the ball from this first unit. I was worrying, here we go, we're going to see exactly what we did from the Bengals, but nevertheless, they were able to put it behind them real quickly, march down the field. I know they got aided by a big P.I. call, 
Uh, so it's okay. They, they were able to make it work. And real quickly for the backups, they're down 23 to 10 uh, with eight minutes left to go in this game. And the offense put together two strong drives, 19 plays, 134 yards, 14 points. And uh, they're able to take the lead with two minutes left. Uh, Chase Daniel led the way. He, he was 12 to, of 16, two touchdowns on those drives. Based off my count, and again, it's getting late, so that might not be 100%, but I'm pretty sure I am right. Uh, so Chase Daniel leading the way. He looked really, uh, really strong. We'll talk about him in a bit. But those two are my monster moments of the offense, of course, for the starters, getting their first touchdown, and then the backups coming down from uh, 13 points down to come back and win this game. But let's go over to Brandon for his stat of the game. Yeah, my stat of the game is going to be 64. That is 64% because that was uh, Trubisky's completion percentage throughout this game. And since this was the first stint where we really get to see him uh, perform longer, because in, in the last game he went two for four, it's 50%, you know, small sample size. But 9 of 14, uh, despite the, the sloppiness that Will alluded to earlier, uh, some miscommunication here and there, overall I think 64% on the game uh, shows Trubisky's confidence level with this offense. And I think that that's really going to, uh, I don't want to say improve a whole lot, but I think it's going to, it shows where he's at. And I think he knows the offense pretty well. So that's going to be my stat of the game. There we go. 64% for Trubisky. Uh, not a bad number whatsoever. And no targets for Allen Robinson. And yet his completion percentage uh, is still pretty darn good. Let's go over to Nick here. Are you going to give us a knock or a knack in this Bears victory? I think it's only fitting with the Bears winning to give a knack for this game. And I'm actually going to give it to the play calling which include a lot of misdirection and just good making people open. We saw that on the trade. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Jordan touchdown. Saw on Taekwon Mazzello when he scored. There's a lot of rub routes that worked really well for Matt Nagy today. So we saw a little bit more of Nagy just kind of opening it up, getting his guys uh the opportunity to get the ball and Trubisky just being able to deliver the ball or even chase Daniel so it goes to the play calling goes to the rub routes that happen just play calling in general was a the knack the knack for me sorry about that no you're good it was it was definitely a knack uh I have a few notes about that that we can talk about once we get into the next quarter of this post-game show but guys let's go ahead and hand out our MVB of tonight's game I'm gonna go right back to Nick for his you know what? Um, there was this is a game where there was a lot of guys that played well, and then they kind of it was it was back and forth. But I'm gonna give it to Nick Kukowski actually. I think uh, in terms of the linebackers, he played the most consistent. He was able to fill his gaps, was able to make tackles, and he just looked fast out there. So, and obviously he's a guy with Roquan Smith coming in. He might not have a job come maybe week one, but he played really well in this game, and I liked how he performed. All right, over to Brandon for his MVB. My MVB is going to be Craven the Blanc with a nice classic peanut punch uh, to force the fumble on the receiver there to end the game. That really sealed it uh, for the defense. It was nice to see the defense uh, be able to step up when the game was on the line and seal this one. Absolutely. That was a textbook peanut punch there by Craven. In many ways, you know, that's a really good choice for MVB because not only uh, did he do that, but I thought he played really well uh, all game long there for the Bears in that nickel position. And he was someone that we're talking about in the preview show. Like, this is a game for him to step up because he missed last week and he needed to like show his worth still on this roster. And I think he did so today. So definitely a good 
outing from Mr. LeBlanc. For me, I'm going to take the easy one, and I'm doing Chase Daniel. He was 19 of 28. I already talked about 10 of 16 in the final two drives, uh, about 190 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and uh, he was sacked twice. He didn't even have a great pressure, but he was, uh, I think Nick uh, on Twitter, not this Nick, but uh, Nick, uh, uh, one of our fans, uh, he was tweeting me, and he said he, uh, that Daniel looks nifty. I think it's a perfect word to describe uh, the play that we saw out of Daniel today. He was uh, making the most of his opportunities, doing some little things. He's like a ballerina out there in the pocket sometimes. Uh, sometimes he fell. The other times he was able to escape. Um, but he finished with 110 pass rating today. And uh, today, Daniel played like a quarterback that knows this offense. I think today was the first time we actually get to see some of the real Bears offense that we're going to actually be able to witness in a regular season. I think that's why you're seeing an elevation in Chase Daniel's play. And so for me, he's going to be my MVP. Of course, he uh, led that comeback as well. All right, so that's going to do it for the first quarter of our post-game show. And before we enter the second quarter and break down what the Bears' offense did tonight, I need to call a timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, playing a night out, or need to find a perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can you know, shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And it doesn't just end with sports. SeatGeek has plenty of tickets and concert uh, tickets to concerts, comedy, and theater shows as well. And personally, we all have the apps on our phone as uh, one of the most simplest ways that we've been able to shop for tickets. Uh, be anywhere, pull their phones within a few tabs, instantly find some seats. You can sort them by value. You can sort them by section. You can sort them by price. I personally like the value one. It's a great way to find out uh, what kind of seat you're, uh, value you're going to get per seat. So you can choose like, do I want to get a really like a cheap seat on top or maybe pay a little bit more if I'm getting a great value at a seat that's a little bit closer to the field. And again, I'm looking for that Bears first game at Soldier Field Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. I really encourage you to go. It'll be Coach Nagy's first time coaching in Soldier Field when a game actually matters. Uh, the first one, of course, is coming next week in the preseason, but definitely check it out. There's still plenty of seats available for you to purchase. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that Seeky purchase. Just download the Seeky Gap and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B E A R S, for $20 off your first Seeky purchase. All righty. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast. It is. 11.34 p.m., 12.34 a.m., my normal time, and uh, we are here breaking down the Bears' first preseason victory of 2018, and more importantly, a day in which we actually got to see some of the starters in game action for an extended period of time. Nick, we're going to talk about the offense now, and I'm going to hand it over to you first. I saw you're going for a drink, so I'm I'm, drink, I'm, 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 ready. I'm, I'm, I'm flowing, I'm uh, throwing off your flow here, but uh, general thoughts about the offense, the starting unit, before we kind of jump into position specifics. Yeah, so just uh, the starting unit, I thought, you know, definitely made progress from last week. We saw, like I said, a little bit more of the playbook open up. And just like player specifics, we saw like Kevin White get more involved. And you saw Jordan Howard actually involved. And he looked good in his first game action. So we saw a little bit of what Nagy is going to bring into that regular season. But again, he's not showing his hand, his full hand yet. But there's definitely positive strides that we saw in this game. So um, definitely, I mean, I think Kevin White was a guy. You saw Mr. Trubisky making throws. Anthony Miller was a, made a big catch today. But we saw a little bit more out of the offense tonight. 
Yeah, absolutely. And where you really saw that creativity kind of, you know, take shape is down in the red zone. Like once they got down there, that's when uh, Nagy got really creative, especially with the misdirections. Uh, there are a few times when even like uh, the plays were fooling the people operating the cameras. And that's a good sign. And I like a lot. You guys see a lot of jet sweep actions today. Uh, of course, it's, you know, you're not only figuring out where the coverage is going to be when you do that, because you're going to find out they're playing zone or a man, depending on how they shift. But also it makes you wonder, are they going to get the ball? Uh, that person on the jet, like if it's Miller or say a Cohen. Um, but yeah, I really like the creativity that we saw tonight. Um, I think even though we understood that it's preseason, we're not going to see a lot of things after the Hall of Fame game. And then last week's preseason game, we're all kind of itching to see what this offense can do because last year is so bad. I think we're all just kind of fearing anything remotely close to the same thing. But uh, B, over to you. Any general thoughts you want to mention? Yeah, uh, kind of echoing what you guys have said. Uh, steps in the right direction, which is good, but also a mixed bag. Uh, we've seen uh, the safety tonight, which isn't Whitehair's fault, in my opinion. Hit Trubisky in the hands. He's got to be able to catch it. I know you're in the end zone. There's a little bit more pressure there, but at the same time, you know, we talked about this last week or in the preview show, you know, one step at a time. Got to catch the ball, then then make your your looks or your – yeah, your looks. Sorry about that. Um, and then after that, we had another one, uh, the Trubisky interception where Tariq Cohen kind of quits running the route. I mean, those are those are things that need to be shored up. So it's like we're we're taking steps in the right direction, but we're still seeing some of that previous Bears offense from last year where they're just uh, having an inability to capitalize on certain situations. Of course, growing pains with learning a new offense is a given, uh, something that we have definitely uh, anticipated. And I think we saw a few of those tonight. But let's go ahead and jump into the quarterbacks. You know, we talked about a little bit of what Trubisky is able to do. But uh, for the most part, I want to mention that he looked really smooth. He was able to get off some really good throws on the run. Uh, in our preview, I said that uh, Coach Nagy and myself were looking for uh, how he can uh, throw those anticipation throws or those card throws. And I thought he did a really good job with those, uh, in particular to Trey Burton. Those two had a really strong connection today. If I'm not mistaken, Trey Burton, let's see. He finished on uh, four catches of five targets. So he caught 80% of the balls that went his way today. Uh, I thought those two, you really saw that they're really starting to establish a connection. And I think today is a good stepping stone for the future between those two. But yeah, Trubisky, besides the safety, I thought he looked, for the most part, really well. I still think he's putting a little bit too much zip on some of these really short throws. He needs to do some touch. We saw that from on the big play from Daniel to Benny Fowler. It was a nice touch ball, allowing Benny to grab it on the run and just continue to run upfield with it. Uh, so maybe Trubisky should uh, see that on tape and kind of want to emulate that in the future. But let's go over to Nick here. Your thoughts on uh, Trubisky before we move on to Dan uh, James Daniel, Chase Daniel. Yeah, so Trubisky, what I really like, Dan, we're going to see this a lot during the regular seasons that he just gave his receivers opportunities to make plays you even saw that on the pass interference call to kevin white it was a jump ball even though it was a little underthrown he's still giving kevin white an opportunity to go up and get it it still benefited the bears and then you saw the anthony miller play that's double coverage but trubisky trusts his guy anthony miller to just go up and make a play so i really like that from trubisky and then just those timing throws like you were saying those out routes he was very accurate on that the one critique obviously the, the fumble or the safety and then the interception yes Tariq Cohen quit on the route, but also that's a ball that probably shouldn't be thrown there in the first place, even though it, it's maybe where he's anticipating where Tariq Cohen should be. It's still an iffy throw to make, but I think Trubisky had a great game overall. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, that interception afterwards, you can tell that Trubisky was very upset. Uh, Coach Nagy had to stop him and, like, you know, I don't know what the camera kind of went off, but he stopped him, and he, Trubisky turned around and was yapping something. I am not a really good uh, you know, lip reader, but you can definitely tell he was visibly upset. And I, if it was to like a Tariq Cohen, I like it personally because 
holding your guys to a higher standard, telling him, you know, you need to finish that route or you did it wrong. It's okay. And to do it, you know, in a way that's a little bit more aggressive is fine as well. It's a way of taking ownership and saying, like, I know you can do better. Go ahead and do it. And if you do that now, again, it's only the second official preseason game, third one for the Bears. If you do that now, come to a regular season, it's just going to bode well for the long-term success between these two. I think he expects more out of Cohen, and I think Cohen expects more out of himself as well. So for me, I, I really like to see that fiery passion out of Trubisky. It's only way I didn't really see a lot last year from a rookie, uh, but now a uh, second-year player, he's kind of more comfortable doing that. And for me, that's a good sign to see. But let's go over to Brandon here. Your thoughts on Trubisky? Yeah, without really you guys took all my points already. Uh, so I, I just want to say that I think the, the scheming, something that Nick touched on earlier, really, really helps Trubisky uh, excel. Uh, guys are able to get open because they're running uh, routes that allow them to get open. Um, and he trusts his guys like Anthony Miller. He the, the pocket moves, which is something that Trubisky's really good at, being able to throw on the run, even if, though it was to his left, he's going against the green. He trusts Anthony Miller, and the route was able to – I mean, he was in double coverage, but at the same time, if he throws a little sooner – uh, you know, he might have Anthony Miller in a one-on-one situation. He doesn't have to climb the ladder, go get that ball. But it's it's things like that, the schemes, uh, that really allow Trubisky to be able to excel. And I think we're going to see him continue to grow uh, once we get rid of some of these growing pains. All right. So let's talk about uh, my MVB a little bit here in, of course, Chase Daniel. And B, since we stole all your Trubisky points, I think it's just fair to give you the mic first. I appreciate that. Uh, Chase Daniel, poise and confidence were the, the two words that came to mind. Uh when he led this offense in the fourth quarter with those two two touchdown drives there uh, to seal the game to get us the last 14 points there. Uh, just We've seen it from the Bears in the past under uh, an offense coordinator I don't want to name because we said we're not going to say his name anymore, uh, where they just consistently hit check down because the defense is playing prevent. Uh, but in this situation, the defense is playing prevent. They're playing a bend but don't break, but then we get into the red zone and we're able to capitalize. That was the next step that we could not take last year. And it was really nice to see Chase Daniel be able to capitalize and bring the team back. And that way he did it confidently. He did it uh, in a timely manner. Uh, very good game management from Chase Daniel on his part. And overall, I mean, I think he was, what, 18 of 27 for 189 yards and the two touchdowns. I mean, I think he played very, very well today. No doubt about it. That's why he was my MVP. Nick, I'm going to go over to your thoughts about Daniel and then another question. And we talked about it when we were watching the game a few minutes ago. No Tyler Bray today. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, but first on Chase Daniel, it just seemed like, uh, again, a guy that knows this offense, was able to make the timing throws, uh, knew where he was going with the ball, you know, before the snap, just based off of the coverage. He just looked really comfortable out there tonight. And then, yeah, the Tyler Bray not playing. Um, we were talking about that. What's the significance of that? Who knows? I mean, if the Bears feel like they don't need to bring Tyler Bray on this team and he was just there for the offseason to help Trubisky, well, you know, that's almost coming to an end now going into the fourth preseason game next week. So maybe Tyler Bray not playing this game is just a sign that he may not be on this team for much longer. Yeah, it's interesting because you don't expect him out there next week in the dress rehearsal because it's going to be the starters throughout the, you know, uh, into the second half. And then you anticipate Daniel being out there again to finish off that game. And then if Bray's primarily going to be playing in the final preseason game, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to say he is or he isn't going to make this roster. I'm not in the quarterback room. I'm not a part of the pair staff. So I don't know what they're thinking. But for me personally, him not playing tonight where the Broncos played all three of their quarterbacks tonight might show that they're uh, planning to move on perhaps without Tyler Bray for this season. B, anything to add or you want to go to running backs? No, let's go to running backs. Someone's tired. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's go. 
You're right. You're right. All right. So moving on to the running backs today, you know, Jordan Howard, he put together in his limited role today. He had nine carries, uh, 32 yards, averaging a little under four yards per carry. He had that long of 17. Um, but again, uh, I don't want to steal everyone's thunder. So I'm going to hand it over to Nick first. And I want to know what you saw from Jordan Howard. Yeah, so Jordan Howard has been known to be a patient runner, just being able to find holes when there really isn't any. And, you know, we saw that today. First game action against the Denver Broncos where there was really nowhere to go, but he still was able to bounce it outside, show that elusiveness, which you don't really say Jordan Howard and elusiveness like go together, but we saw that today. So it was a good showing by Jordan Howard, who's going to be the bell cow this season. But, yeah, I thought he had a really good game just for his first game action this season. Yeah, and like you talked about his patience, his vision. I really like the patience today. Some of those plays were very slow developing, and it was kind of like, why is this taking so long? But then when Jordan Howard's able to gain 10 yards out of, out of it because he's allowing all those blocks to set up, and then once they engage, he can kind of like wiggle his way through it, it's, it's, it works. I mean, it's not flashy. He's not going to make like a highlight with it, but he's, it's, he's just going to you know do the dirty work, wait for his hole, take the opportunity, and uh, get the yards that uh, it's kind of like in a passing game where you take what the defense gives you. I think Howard does that too in a little bit when he's running the football. And that's, uh, you know, everything we come to expect from Howard today. And of course, rarely would the first guy take him down. He's always fighting for those extra yards and he's, he's very tough to take down one guy. Let's go over to B. Anything else on Joho? That was the nickname I thought we were going with. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, classic Jordan Howard today. Got better as the game went on. Uh, and the one one run that stood out to I think all three of us, the one that gave him the Jordan what was it Oak Tree Howard. Yeah, Oak Tree legs, whatever. Yeah, big legs, because when they were trying to bring him down, once he got past the sticks, he's still standing up. Uh, so just again, classic Jordan Howard. He gets better as the game goes along. And that's something that, you know, I think that's why they haven't obviously played him in the two preseason games prior to this, because they want to save those Oak Tree legs as long as they can. All right, let's go over to Tree Cone. You know, overall, I thought it was a. Poor day for him. I honestly do. It was uh, he had the one screen pass that he hauled in. He was able to get ten yards. He should have got a lot more, um, but he took that ball inside when he should have bounced it out. Um, again, we have a different vantage point from getting the broadcast, so I don't know exactly what he was seeing. Um, but he definitely had some more space out there. Um, but before that, uh, he was consistently confused pre-snap and where he was supposed to be lined up. Uh, he gave up on the route for the interception uh, that we already kind of talked about. And yeah, so overall, just a few things that. You know, you expect some fun things out of Tariq Cohen, but today was like the not so fun things from Tariq. And my question for you, Nick, is uh, the Bears as a team had 23 carries, not one for Tariq Cohen, but he was targeted. Let's look here on three times today. So we've talked about it. Is he being phased out as a true running back or not? He hasn't taken a single carry yet this preseason. Not again today. Any thoughts on that? Again, Nagy could be just hiding him, which was definitely an, an option. But yeah, Tariq Cohen, even with a Taylor Gabriel out, he's not getting the targets as much as you would think he'd be getting. And again, he didn't have any carries and he's not getting that many targets. And when he was, look, not finishing the route. And I honestly, and I tweeted it out. It's unacceptable for unacceptable for him to not get a first down on that screen pass. There was complete uh, open space to his right. There were two blockers in front of him. The defender made a nice play spinning out and, you know, making an effort. But still, Tariq Cohen's a guy. If you get him in space, he should be able to take a small play and make it a big game. But Tariq Cohen, um, yeah, just was not his game today. But it's interesting that, yeah, we're not seeing as much of him in the preseason. Nagy could be showing that. But I still expect him to do more, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Again, we'll figure it out as uh, the, I mean, he's going to be heavily used in his offense. No reason to worry. It's I think we all just want to see it because it's just so much fun to watch Tariq Cohen play football. He 
always finds a way at least once per game when he's involved to, you know, get you up off your, uh, you know, off your butt and on your feet. And I think we're all just kind of eager to see that yet again, like he did a season ago. B, anything you want to add on Cohen? Yeah, despite his uh, mental absence, I guess, is the word that I'll use to describe him. Uh, he's still being used in all these pre-snap motions, uh, used as a pawn, basically, uh, because I've got on my notes here a couple times where he's motioning twice across the line. Uh, and defenses have to respect that because he is this playmaker that we all want to see get us up off off the couch and onto our feet. You know, So I, he's still going to be used in that way, and even if he's not there mentally, defenses still have to respect him, despite you know he may not have taken the right right on the right read on that screenplay or quit on the route, which is kind of unfortunate still. Uh, but I think that, you know, despite the mental absence, he's still going to be used in uh, scheming ways that are going to be exciting. All right. So one more thing for running backs. We didn't get to see a lot of Ryan all today, um, but we did, especially towards the end of the game, uh, see a lot of uh, Taquan Mazel. And Nick, uh, I know that you were... Even though he was, you know, getting, uh, he was producing, uh, especially as a receiver, which is what we said coming into the year, like that's what he needs to provide in order to make this team. Uh, you want to let our listeners know maybe something about either they should buy this production or not? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because when I was there uh, in Denver at the practice, he wasn't tr- catching anything. And then, of course, come game time, Taquan Mazel is catching everything and getting a lot of opportunities. But it's going to still be interesting whether or not the Bears are going to want to keep Taquan Mazel. I think he's got to show a little bit more than just one good game. He's got to put you know, a stretch of good games for these final two. So it'll be interesting. But like I said, on that Wednesday practice, nothing was happening. And now he's going out there catching touchdowns. But again, the scheme helps a lot because Mazel was open, wide open on touchdowns, and there was just nobody guarding him on some plays. So we'll see what happens with Mazel. All right. Any final thoughts on running backs? B's doing a clutching motion with his hand. And since we've never done a podcast in person like this, I'm assuming that means hand me the mic. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, four four carries uh, today for 10 yards and something that Nick kept kind of saying throughout the whole entire show. Like, you know, don't don't be tricked by Taquan Mazel. Don't be tricked by Taquan Mazel. And he's going to have to put up more production than that in the running game. I mean, he had seven catches on his eight targets, uh, which was good, but they all kind of came in late late times when he was a little more open because uh, defense is playing a little more prevent. Uh, but as far as being a running back, uh, if Tariq Cohen's not going to be used as much of a runner, uh, then Taquan is going to have to be able to put up some sort of production to be able to take some sort of load off of Jordan Howard, and he's just not doing that right now. Exactly. All right, let's move over to wide receiver. Today's big news heading in was the debut for Allen Robinson, but I guess we can use the word debut in quotes because it really wasn't much of one today. No targets, nothing to specify here on Allen Robinson other than he took some snaps as a Chicago Bear, and that's about it. But honestly, I mean, it's good. Uh, they talk about in the broadcast, you know, going, getting him through the pregame warm-up and getting him out there, you know, going through the routine. That's all fine. Like, I mean, I think we're all a little hoping to at least see a catch today, but that didn't happen. But I think we had an official debut for a rookie wide receiver in Anthony Miller. Let's go over to Nick. What did you like about what we saw from Miller today? Because there's just so much. Yeah, I liked everything that I saw from Anthony Miller today, making the – acrobatic catch over two defenders and just stiff arming a guy in a drag route to get those extra yards. He had a little high step and like right before he went out of bounds. I like that. But yeah, Anthony Miller, I think, you know, we're starting to see, and we've seen in training camp the entire time he's special. And if you give him the ball in space or just, you know, in coverage, he's going to come down with it. That's just the kind of receiver he is. Despite being a rookie, he's, I think he's just ready to, you know, burst onto the scene. It's just, you know, getting him on the field, giving him opportunities, but Anthony Miller's the real deal. 
I like that quote. That should that should be on like a t-shirt. The real the real deal. The the real deal. That's what I like it a lot. Um, one play in particular that uh, stands out besides that awesome catch along the sidelines that I know everyone's excited about. Um, and it, it was the one that Nick talked about in terms of the high stepping at the end. Uh, Miller was a shallow cross from right to left. Uh, Daniel, the ball placement wasn't totally there. It's a little bit behind Miller, but he was able to adjust in the middle of his stride so seamlessly. Looks so easy. Um, but that's not an easy one to, you know, to catch and keep running in, you know, perfect uh, in a straight line there. Um, but he was able to make that catch, turn up field, get that first down. And again, makes it so easy. He's just very natural at the position. And that's what makes him fun to watch because he makes uh, the difficult ones or maybe the not so easy plays just look so simple. And when you're doing that, you know that he's just a natural fit at the position. And to do this here in only a second preseason game, uh, just imagine with a little bit of development, a little bit of time, a little bit of grooming, what he can do. Uh, be anything else on Miller you'd like to add maybe that we didn't, or do you want to switch on over to uh, Kevin White? I'll I'll kind of make a transition here with my Anthony Miller point. Uh, all these great catches and all these things that he's able to do, the great stiff arm uh, that Nick brought up, uh, all very good things, but also he was good in the blocking game, which I said was something with the tight ends we needed to see. But Anthony Miller and Kevin White both were very good downfield blocking at different points in the game. Uh, and I'll transition it now to, to Kevin White, where I thought it was really interesting that we've seen him line up as a fullback uh, at one point in this game. I uh, was not expecting that. Uh, I think that play ended up getting flagged and ended up coming back, so it didn't make much of a difference. But it's interesting just to see, again, with the scheme, where exactly these guys are going to line up. I would have never guessed that we would see Kevin White get motioned in as a fullback. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And you know what? He didn't get hurt. He had two receptions, had four targets. I know we said, you know, we're all making that same joke, but I mean, it, it's true in a way. And he needed that that confidence boost today. So I'm glad to see him get uh, the receptions out there today. Yeah, it's funny. I, every time that Kevin White makes a play, everyone on Twitter is like, oh, he didn't get hurt. And then Nick's dad comes home from work and he's like, oh, Kevin White's out there. He didn't get hurt. <laughs> I was just like, everyone has the same joke. But uh, for me, Kevin White, uh, you know, you look at his stat line, two catches, 15 yards off of four targets. It's not going to, you know, if you're just looking at the stats recap in the game, it's not going to really jump out at you. But I think we saw some of the little things from Kevin. Uh, Brandon already talked about uh, the the run blocking, which, you know, downfield, he, d he was able to spring Jordan Howard for some longer games due to that. Um, but he had a, f a couple other catches uh, that didn't account due to penalties. Again, so many penalties today. Um, but something I liked is that he and something that's always happened with his career, and which is why he takes additional hits, is that he never goes down easy. He's always fighting for the extra yard. It's I maybe once or twice uh, in a game if he's getting multiple targets for catches. Is he going to go down with the first guy? And if he does, he's going to make that first guy earn it. He's not going to just go down. He's going to try to stay up as long as possible. Uh, so for me, uh, small progress from Kevin White today. Of course, you want to see him make a big splash play, but we can't. You know, beggars can't be choosers. So something out of Kevin White is better than nothing out of Kevin White. Nick, anything you want to add about Kevin White uh, before we move on? No, I mean, I think you hit on a great point. I also noted that as well as that whenever he does make a catch, he's always fighting for those extra yards. And maybe being a you know a former first-round pick, he's still trying to prove himself. Okay, I I can't just catch the ball. Let me go do something afterwards, just kind of prove my worth on this team. But I think we, we talked enough about Kevin White. Uh, a guy that we were surprised to well barely see any of is Javon Wims. He, I think he appeared just a little bit uh with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, something like that. Not a, not a lot of time left in this game. And Javon Wims, Tanner Gentry, both going to be guys fighting possibly for that last, last wide receiver spot. Uh, Benny Fowler as well. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? 
plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. So um, it was interesting to, you know, not see as much Javon Wims as I guess we would have liked. Um, Benny Fowler did make a, you know, a couple plays tonight as well. But yeah, Javon Wims, I thought he'd be more involved in this game. Yeah, no, it's very peculiar to say the least. It was uh, Wims and it coming into the game until eight minutes and 34 seconds were left in the entire game. And then you had Marlon Brown out there with the one. So you're kind of like, what? It makes no sense. But I mean, the Bears coaches, I mean, they had a plan. I don't know exactly what the plan was. Maybe it was just to give Brown a look. But Javon Wim seems like someone who's been working his way up the depth chart. So it makes no sense why it took him to the last eight minutes to get in this game. Um, but despite that fact, he had two catches, uh, 18 yards on three targets. So, I mean, he was able to at least do something when he was out there, especially in those uh, couple of drives that were the monster moments to start off the show. But, yeah. We'll see exactly what that means for Wims. I'm not really reading too much into it, but it was pretty interesting to say the least. I know I tweeted Adam Johns and Patrick Finley like, is he even dressed? What's going on? And then John waits uh, 24 minutes to tweet me back that he's out there now. Like, appreciate the insight there, Adam, uh, so much. All right. Any final thoughts on receivers before we move on tight ends? Anyone else that you want to mention? B's raising his hand. All these different signals that apparently all mean the same thing. So here's the mic. It was incredibly nice to see Benny Fowler make a, a, a game-changing catch after dropping the one in Baltimore in the end zone that you know would have given the Bears a, a lead at the time would have changed the whole course of the game and then again the following week uh this week he had a catch for 36 yards which was incredibly nice because it kept the drive alive I uh, was able to pick up some momentum for the offense so it was nice to see him be able to uh, come through and get some get some yak on that one no doubt Nick anything else you want to add or you want to go over to tight ends let's go over to the tight end Someone else is tired. <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on to the Chicago Bears tight ends today, I want to pull the room. Good news or bad news? Which one do we start with? Let's just get the bad news. Okay. So if uh, you haven't heard by now, and if you haven't, then I'm surprised by this. Uh, Adam Shaheen in the first quarter had a catch. Uh, and when he went down, his ankle bent real, rather awkwardly. Uh, we don't know if it's a sprain or a break. We'll figure it out as Campbell. Matt Nagy says he doesn't think that Adam Sheen's ankle was a fracture, so that's a good thing, but that's about it. It could be so many things, though. So yeah. That's, that's, so that's all we know. So, unlikely, it's a bone break. A lot of tendons, muscles, and ligaments to deal with now. So, Adam Shaheen, it's an ankle injury. We'll see exactly how it will uh, you know, impact his season, but say he's gone for an extended period of time, guys. I know the Bears' tight end depth is something that we've applauded all offseason, all training camp, uh, throughout the preseason as well, which this is a good time for it to kind of come in handy. I know a lot of some people are like wondering if they'll make a trade, if there's a long-term injury here. I doubt that happens. But uh, let's go to Nick here first. Uh, do you think the Bears have the depth in order to uh, combat this, which I think we all agree they do, um, and how would it affect this offense moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, with Shaheen possibly missing some time, obviously that's going to move a Daniel Brown, Ben Broniker up the you know the depth chart. Um, Daniel Brown's a guy that I think is capable of being able to you know I guess fulfill a position in this offense, basically be that back of the Trey Burden, not the blocking tight end that you want to see that Adam Shaheen you know being the Y, but um, yeah, just moves everybody up. But this is a good tight end group. Uh, Kevin Gilbride, the tight ends coach, has done a great job. You know this this 
training camp, this preseason of getting these tight ends open, running precise routes. And we've seen everybody from even a Kellen Thompson who started off the preseason pretty good has fallen off a little bit to, you know, Trey Burton being able to get open, catch the ball, make plays. So it's been, you know, encouraging to see that. So is it the worst thing? Yeah, you want to see Adam Shaheen being a second-round pick, you know, produce in his second season. But I think the Bears are capable to, you know, replicate that production through their other tight ends that they do have on the roster. For me, I think where it's really going to hurt is down the red zone because he was a really big, tall body down there in that constricted field where you can just throw it up and let him go up and get it. Uh, so for me, I think that's really where the Bears are going to hurt if – and by hurt, I mean, they should be able to, you know, mitigate the damage, but it's still going to not be to the same degree that they would be able to succeed if Shaheen was out there. Um, but for me, a guy who's been on the roster bubble, uh, Ben Broniker, if Shaheen is not ready to go for week one, which I don't think he's going to be, um, I think he's the next guy up in terms of fulfilling that role because you already said it. You have Daniel Brown, uh, which will be behind Burton, and then you have Deion Sims. And then the next kind of blocking tight end besides Colin Thompson would be like a Ben Broniker. He's someone today. He had the touchdown. Um, he's athletic enough to make some plays, of course, in the passing game. But in terms of a, you know, an inline guy, I think that might be Broniker. So that might have, you know, have him remaining on the squad if he otherwise wasn't going to be. Um, but I think that's enough for the bad news. Unless B, you have anything to add here? <laughs> Not that I can think of. All right, so let's talk about the good news now, and that's Trey Burton. Uh, he finished the day here with four catches, 45 yards, averaging over 11 yards per catch on his five targets. Uh, more times than not, he's moving the sticks when he puts, you know, when the football's in his hand. B, I'm going to go over to you here first with the good news. Uh, like I talked about, the true to Trey connection was in full effect tonight. I liked it a lot. What did you see out of Trey Burton that should have Bears fans excited moving forward? His athleticism. The first catch that he made was a jumping, leaping, full body kind of extension type of catch on a on a post route, which is really nice to see. We know that he's you know that kind of player. It's just nice to see it in person. Nice hands too. Yes, very nice hands. Uh, had some soft hands there on the one touchdown catch that he had as well. All around, just a very very good solid player. And I don't think that we're necessarily going to miss Adam Sheen as much as a red zone presence because Trey Burton can fill that role just as easily. Different type of presence, though. Yes. Burton's going to be the underneath guy who can go up and, you know, and get it in, maybe on a corner route, too. But she's like, you know, that fade, throw it up there, get it type of tight end. Nick, over to you here for your Trey Burton analysis. Trey Burton's a, a guy that's going to be used early and often in this offense, and Trubisky's going to have to go to. Um, I saw it all day, you know, just at, when I was in Denver. The tight ends completely dominated the Denver linebackers. It showed today in this game, uh, but yeah, I think Burton's a guy who, when he can just beat a linebacker in coverage, he's too big for a safety, has the just precise route running, and it, it showed today, and that's encouraging to see because, again, he's going to be a guy that's going to be used a lot, and Trubisky's going to go to a lot. No doubt. Anything else on tight ends that you guys want to mention? I think, you know, Daniel Brown, Ben Broniker, uh, kind of limited today and for the most part in terms of their effectiveness. I already talked about Broniker's touchdown. Uh, Daniel Brown, uh, he had one catch for 11 yards as well. Nothing overly wowing or glaring good or bad from anyone else. So for the sake of time, I'm going to move over to offensive line here. And I want to know your guys' take. And of course, I have to start with Mr. Trenches. So uh, let's start with, of course, the starters and how that unit fared and just some of your takeaways. Yeah, the starters overall, for the most part, played pretty well. Uh, Charles Leno had a, a bad penalty at one point early in the game. Eric Cush ended up getting swapped out pretty early because he was struggling, wasn't really winning the point of attack. Uh, but no bad snaps by Cody White here tonight. The one 
Uh, safety, I think, was on Trubisky. Uh, the other side, I thought, played very well. Kyle Long, Bobby Massey. I think Bobby Massey may have had one bad penalty at one point as well. But other than that, I mean, they get the one penalty and it's kind of out of their system. Hopefully we get to a point where they don't have to have any penalties to get anything out of their system. Uh, Because it seemed like last year that was something with Charles Leno. Once he got his penalty, then he was clean for the rest of the game. Uh, So hopefully they can get that cleaned up because Matt Nagy doesn't want to see them making the same mistake twice. Uh, But speaking of mistakes, Bradley Sowell. Oh, dear. Out of a timeout, false start. Like that should not happen at all especially from a guy who just signed this two-year contract is a professionalist, but he's a veteran in the league. That should never happen coming out of a time out of a timeout. And then on a third and eight uh, where Chase Daniel was sacked, I think it was the second one for the night. Sal just quit moving his feet and the defender ran right around him. And it was just a terrible, terrible series by Bradley Sal. That cannot happen. And you know what? For that reason, I mean, we talked about it. Uh, Rashad Coward was a guy after the whistle. He's always kind of poking and jabbing at guys, trying to get under their skin a little because he knows what it takes. He was on the other side of the line, so he knows what those guys like and don't like. So I think that I would almost give the upper hand to Rashad Coward if there's a, a battle here for swing tackle. It's interesting. Again, I feel like every week we get a little bit more and more confident in what Coward brings to the table, which it's exciting because especially in when you couple it with the fact that you mentioned Sal struggled today, it was, it was even more than those couple of plays. Like he was his, uh, consistently letting up pressure, not doing much in terms of even in the running game as well, but he's someone, he's just, you can, he's visibly struggling. And when you have coward on the other side, uh, looking strong, looking fierce, always having, you know, I think what, every time we saw pressure at Dan Daniel, we said, okay, James Daniel has Daniels has his guy. And then Rashad Coward has his guy. And then usually it's the other side of the field that was kind of uh, lacking in that department. But yeah, so it's interesting. We'll see exactly how it all unfolds. Um, for me, uh, Eric Kush's struggles is interesting because he struggled early, uh, not just in pass protection, but also getting any sort of run push. Uh, there was one play they called a, a dive right up behind Kush and Howard had nowhere to go. So the next time they ran that hole, they pulled Kush out to the opposite side of the offensive line, just have some sort of breathing room from Howard. Um, but what I found interesting uh, is that Earl Watford was the first player and, and to uh, take over for him. And Watford, he's he's a solid lineman. He's been you know playing very well in place of Kyle Long and uh, Long's off days with the starting unit. And Watford, someone who can also play both guard positions, but you just really want to see James Daniels out there. You to playing with the ones. I really thought it was a great opportunity, even if it was just for a series to get him out there, see how he stacks up. Because I know either he's back at center, but maybe you just you know you know bite the bullet, move White hair over. And just put you know Daniels up there with the ones, uh, see what he has. I really thought it was a good opportunity to do it with Coach struggling. Um, I know Watford, someone that Coach Nagy said is in contention to win or at least to be a part of this uh, left guard battle. So I think it's like his look at it. Um, but still, I think myself and most Bears fans, I know Mr. Iowa alum Nick too, was really hoping to see James Daniels out there. But other than that, we talked about Sal and Coward and all of that. Um, no Hironis Grisou today. Uh, so that was. Uh, we were watching him just watch the clock kind of wind down with like six minutes left. Right? Like he might just be watching his Bears career just, you know, tick tock second by second. He didn't, he looked a little, what you called it, bored? Yeah, bored. Yeah. So we'll see exactly how that kind of plays out. But let's go over to Nick here. Anything on the offensive line that you want to mention? You know, I thought that the starting tackles could have played a lot better. Um, you know, there was the one play where uh, I think it was Massey who just comes off late and I forget who, what edge rusher, what edge rusher it is. That it might have been Von Miller. So that's, I mean, yeah, it's one of the best in the game. But, you know, they obviously you want to keep Trubisky upright and, you know, safe and healthy going into the regular season. So I just thought they could have played better. 
Uh, obviously, they're going against a tough task in Von Miller, and you have you know Bradley Chubb on the other end. So tough, tough task. But I mean, that's going to happen during the course of the season. You're going to face teams with great pass rushers, and you got to be able to game plan to try to you know maybe get a little chip block on them or anything like that. But uh, for the most part, I mean, you know, if they're being left on an island, you want to see a little bit more effort. But again, these are some of the best pass rushers in the league. Indeed, no doubt about it. All right, guys, any final thoughts on the Bears offense as a whole from the starters down to, I'd call it second string. I don't think we saw much third string out there today in terms of maybe offensive line. Of course, no Tyler Bray. So I'm going to call him the second unit. But anything in the offense in general today that you want to mention? Let's keep it brief. It's getting late. Yeah, I mean, just a mix, a mixed bag in general. That was kind of my opening statement. And sloppy, but there there is some progression there. I, I'm just excited personally that the Bears scored points, like I said earlier. Uh, something that last week they got no first downs. And this week they had one with the penalty, but they didn't gain any in terms of uh, plays. And they were able to put points up on the board. It took three series, but they were able to get the job done and put some points up on the board. And that's progress. And that's what we want to see in the preseason. And Nick, you're... Final thought on offense? You know, just piggyback off of that. Progress is being made. We've seen it in each preseason game little by little. Like you said, the the offense actually scored this game. The first team offense, they moved the ball, didn't have to have a penalty, you know, continue their, their drive. So that's good to see, and progress is being made. Excellent. So up next, we're going to enter the third quarter of our show and break down the Bears' defense. But first, I want to remind you that we are releasing our 2018 Season Preview Magazine on Monday. It's 120-plus pages of everything you need to know heading into Week 1, including player and coach profiles, stat projections, schedule analysis, and, of course, a final record prediction from everyone on our entire staff. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I'm excited to unveil that to all of you. Uh, it's getting late here uh, after the game, and it's going to be like a power nap, and then Nick and I are going to wake up and put the finishing touches on this magazine. But Again, our entire team for the last three months has been hard at work getting this ready for your eyes, and I can't wait to show you uh, our first ever season preview magazine, so keep a lookout for that. If you want to be notified via email as soon as, as it's available, I put the link here on YouTube. It is thebearsbros.com slash magazine, so definitely check that out. All right, guys, let's officially enter our third quarter now with some defensive analysis, and of course, we have to start it off with some you know, just general takeaways uh, from the unit as a whole, of course. Uh, for me, the big one, you no know, Roquan debut. We knew, uh, you know, in the preseason or the preview show, we talked about, hey, hopefully he'll play and he should play. I still think he should have played. I think his, he's young. He's a football player. He's uh, smart. They talked about it over and over again. I understand maybe his body wasn't 100% calloused, uh, quote unquote, but I think he's someone who could have went out there and played a little bit tonight and it would have been no harm, no foul, and it would have helped get him his feet wet heading into uh, next week's dress rehearsal. But that's my one disappointment, I would say, overall. I mean, I have a few more. We'll talk about those. But the big one, uh, let's go over to Brandon next. The defensive line, this is something we'll touch on, I think is the squad that outshined everybody today on the defense uh, of the four sacks that the team had the defensive line had three of them. Uh, so very, very good showing by the defensive line. Hey, they had four sacks. I said, that would be great. And the, and the preview is like, if they can get four sacks, that would be great. <laughs> so that's good. Or that's actually great. Uh, Nick over to you. Yeah. Just some, uh, I guess, general thoughts here. I thought that some of the younger players that def does a robot know you like a neighbor insurance corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. 
Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. They had an opportunity to make plays and, you know, maybe solidify a roster spot or, you know, get their chances a little bit better. Didn't do that tonight. And we'll get down to that with, with each position breakdown. But just a general overview, no one really, I guess, stood out to me. There were a couple good plays from individual players, but no one was a, like a great standout, except for Nick Kukowski, like I said. But that was the one guy. Right, yeah. I think mixed bag is the term that we can use here again. Um, you just wish you would have like that standout guy, like almost I know he's still on the roster, but a few years ago, like that John Timu kind of game, like where like the whole game, like, wow, this undrafted kid can go out here and he can stick on his team, but no one's making that sort of case so far, like Timu did a couple seasons ago. But let's go over here, defensive line. B you already said they were stars of the show. Who in particular and why? Roy Robertson Harris led the led the team with sacks. He had one and a half. John Jenkins had one. Blau Nichols had one, and that covers. Uh, John Jenkins had a half. I don't know if I said one or a half. John Jenkins had half. Roy Robertson Harris had one and a half. Blau Nichols had one. That gets you to three. Uh, John Bullard uh, also played a, a very good game. Was consistently winning the point of attack, but he was just always a step or a step and a half late as far as getting to the quarterback or getting to the running back. Uh, John Jenkins was a guy that he played more than I figured he would with the ones. And there were a couple of times where he was able to get his hand on the ball carrier, uh, especially on that that touchdown, uh, the last one that Denver scored. Uh, he was able to get his hand on the, the running back as he was making his way into the hole, but again, just a step late. Uh, so if there's something that I guess that they need to work on, it's just figuring out how to pick up a step uh, and be able to get to the quarterback, uh, John Bullard, uh, notably, because he was just always consistently behind, which was just so frustrating because we want to be able to see him win well, I'd like to see Robertson Harris. I think he kind of pulled away a little bit tonight with the, the sack numbers, uh, and he's consistently had a sack in every preseason game. Uh, but John Bullard, he's definitely making it making it tough for Robertson Harris to pull away. Yeah, that's, that's still a fun battle to watch. Again, I, I think you mentioned it, that Robertson Harris had a slightly better game today. There are times, like, like you mentioned, Bullard was close. He comes in off a stunt, and he's right there, but he's just one step away from making the play, and the quarterback had enough time to escape and do something with it. Um, for me, someone who stood out today, someone that you, Nick, was asking to see something from, and that's Bilal Nichols. Uh, he had three tackles, including one for a loss. Uh, he also had two quarterback hits today, and he was consistently getting into the backfield, uh, making life difficult for the quarterback, and just looking like he uh, belonged out there today, which is nice. He was out there a little bit with the ones, uh, which was interesting to see how he kind of manned up against them. Uh, so for me, Bilal Nichols is someone who stood out to me today in a good way. Um, and heading into next week's stress rehearsal, if he can just take one more step forward, just one more step, I think it's going to just give me the confidence that like Bilal Nichols can be a really decent rotational piece to start off the season, and let's see where he takes it. Nick, defensive line. Yeah, no, I'm going to piggyback off of Bilal Nichols because that's a guy that I've been wanting to see more of in the preseason. And I think – all that time now with him spending with Akeem Hicks. And you saw that even in this game when he makes a play, he's going over to Akeem Hicks. That's the that's the one guy you definitely want to talk to just to get pointers on anything because Akeem Hicks, as we know, is a great football player. So Bilal Nichols, I saw a lot more today. Like you said, getting in the backfield, able to win with leverage, use his hands, just get in the backfield. That's exactly what we want to see from a young player who is going to get playing time at some point during the season. So Great to see from Nichols today, and hopefully that continues for the rest of the two preseason games. B, Mr. Trenches apparently has more for the defensive line, and I like it. Yeah, since no one else brought up uh, Nick Williams or Abdullah Anderson, uh, two guys who 
didn't get quite as much playing time as everyone else, but still were able to make their impact made. Uh, Nick Williams was able to get in there and stuff the run a couple times. Uh, Dooley Anderson, I mean, he could have taken the ball out of Pax Lynch's hand uh, when he batted that pass out of there. I mean, he just literally right there, just take it out of his hand. Uh, but uh, those two guys also making a, a very good case for themselves uh, to be able to make the team or, or a team somewhere else if, uh, unfortunately, there's not enough room because, I mean, they're they're really starting to show up here. Yeah, good call. Way to call out the maybe lesser known, lesser talked about players, giving them a little bit of the spotlight here because they deserve it. They, like you said, not a big sample size, but when they're out there, they're making effective plays. And uh, again, I know they're going up against third stringers, but that's where they are right now or second stringers. And for them to at least play up to the level of competition that they're asked to do, it's still a good sign to see. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Let's go over to linebacker here, and let's start inside. And before we go over to Nick Lukowski, uh Danny Trevathan is out there today. Uh, you didn't see a lot out of him today. He just had the one tackle. But when he was out there, it does seem like the Bears' defense has that different attitude, that uh, aggressive mentality, and he usually has that team you know, on the right page, you know, where they need to be lined up. And that's great to see, of course, from Trevathan. And when he was out there, the Bears' defense only gave up, I think, three points. So for me, I mean, that's a win in my book. But let's go over to B here for linebacker because Nick is on his cellular device. <laughs> yeah, uh, throughout the game, just kind of taking notes and observing the game, I'm always noting that Danny Trevathan just seems to be around the ball. And that's the kind of energy that you just talked about that he brings, and that's what brings the defense up to that next step. Um, another guy, John Timu, he ended up leading the team in tackles today with seven. Uh, there were a couple times where – Again, something that we've said that he just can't doesn't possess is the athleticism. And that, that's kind of what hurts him, but at the same time, he's going to be able to make the team because uh, he had the green sticker that uh, Jim Miller and Adam Amin called out uh, on the broadcast as a guy that's going to be guys that's calling calling the defensive plays. Uh, so I think he's going to be safe as far as making the roster goes uh, because if not, he's going to be a special teamer. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's, he's another guy that's just consistently around the ball. Well, Nick, it was on his phone for a good reason. So, Nick, uh, we have some breaking, other upsetting, bad news kind of moment here. Yeah, so just was uh, scrolling through Twitter because I've seen that even in the chat that Dan Trevathan supposedly went to the locker room to get an x-ray. And that was that also came from another source on Twitter, Jeff Legwold, uh, you know, professional port- reporter for the Broncos, that after the game that Dan Trevathan did go into the x-ray room um, – don't know what actually it is, but if Dan Trevathan is gone, that is a huge, huge blow for the Bears defense. That's the guy, because I don't know if Roquan's ready to call the plays. Obviously, you want Dan Trevathan to be that guy, that athleticism that he brings and coverage, just able to diagnose plays. The Bears defense is significantly better with him on the field. And if this is anything significant, which we hope it isn't, like I said, a big blow for the Bears defense. Hopefully, you know, the x-rays come back negative and, you know, maybe it's just a sprain, but you're just, we're all just speculating at this moment. But that's what I was looking up. Uh, ben, um, Will and I just kind of looked at each other, just shook our head. We're like, no, this, this is the guy that obviously has had injury issues in the past. But if this is a huge blow, it's, this Bears defense is a different team without him. Yeah, because it forces people into different roles. Like Roquan, he's an off-ball linebacker, and you know Trevathan's that Mike. So you want to keep you know Roquan where he's going to be able to be in a little bit more space, which you would anticipate it then being uh, a Nick Wachowski 
having to play that mic. So it, it's, it'd be interesting to see, to say the least, but that's some breaking upsetting news here late that I did not want to have to process. Um, but here I am processing it. And I mean, it's not good. And we talked about it in the preview show. And I asked you guys, should he play or not? And we all said he did. And I said, well, the, the injury history guys, the injury history. And here we are. So I guess maybe I jinxed it. And that's, I feel really bad, <laughs> I, but uh, we have more injuries at linebacker too. Leonard Floyd. He had a hand injury. Uh, he came, he went to the locker room. He came back uh, with his, uh, one of his fingers taped up. I mean, that's something that he can play with in a regular season. You know, you just tape it up or you put a little, you know, whatever cast or thing, guess, whatever it is. you know, medical device on it that would protect <laughs> it a little bit more and allow him to play. So it's not like life or death, but someone, of course, like a, outside linebacker who needs to utilize his hands to set up pass rush moves. Uh, that's of course, uh, perhaps going to limit that in some regard or another. Um, so yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Leonard Floyd's injury that I didn't specify? I mean, I don't play with a cast before, hasn't he? I think so. He's played with injuries. So, I mean, yeah. it's, you don't want to see Leonard Floyd injured though. He, he has not put a, together a full season and he's supposed to be a big part of this defense. You you want to see him get double digit sacks. I think that's what he needs to get for this bears defense, you know, take that next step. So again, if we lose a, you know, now a day in Trevathan, Leonard Floyd, I'm not too worried about right now, but that's not an injury you want to see if, you know, even if you do play with a cast, I mean, you know, you want to still be able to utilize your hands in a regular way without anything, a medical device on there, you know, but yeah, so it's, it's disheartening because the bears did have some significant injuries happen in this game. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see the, I guess, you know, severity of them. Right. Uh, so bad news bears tonight, apparently with all these injuries, um, let's go back to more positive things and uh, let's go back to Nick Wachowski real quick, because I think we deserve uh, to talk about him just at least one more time. Um, I have here, he's playing with fire and passion. And I really think that uh, Roquan Smith uh, finally getting under contract and being in practice and all the eyes on him, it's kind of lit a little bit of a more, you know, a fire under his butt to go out there and make good plays when he's on there, especially against the run today. There's one play in coverage that he was behind. It was an easy catch and run for a first down. Um, that's always been his, you know, weakness is not being a great coverage linebacker, but, uh, against the run today, you know, he was shooting gaps. He was getting into the backfield. He was, uh, always, he had his nose around the ball for the majority of the time he was out there. Uh, let's go over to B here. Anything on uh Kwiatkowski that you would like to mention? Yeah, I think he might've been listening to Will Ingles talk, uh, after he bashed him. Cause I, he played very well today. Uh, the, the one play that stood out to me was there was a run to the right. And he just explodes through the gap and forces him outside of the sideline even more, and he's able to make the tackle for a loss. That was huge. That that's what yeah he's he's here to play today, and that that's what really stood out to me uh, was his inability or his ability to not have an inability to make a bad decision. I don't know if I said that right, but I, he was decisive today, and I think that's going to be very very important for him going forward. All right. So anything else you want to add about Kukowski? You talked about him earlier. Uh, yeah. Uh, go to Joel. We can go to Joel. Let's talk about uh, Iggy. Uh, you know, Joel E.A. Booneyway. Uh, he made his rookie debut today. And again, well, we'll use the phrase that seems to sum up this game as a mixed bag. Uh, you know, he finished second on the team with five tackles today. Uh, he did get a pass deflection. There's a couple plays in coverage that he's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, he's he's known to be a good coverage linebacker. And we saw that today. He was able to stick with his guy, uh, have tight coverage, be able to get his hand up in there, uh, make a play on the ball. All good things. Um, but there are other times where he's a little bit out of position or someone's running right at him and he runs the wrong way. You know, like the ball's to your left. Why are you running right? Um, but uh, Nixon, you brought up Iggy. Uh, what do you want to mention? 
Yeah, so he was a guy that maybe uh, he obviously was playing linebacker, but he was also a guy in special teams making plays. I think he had uh, two special teams tackles, but this is his first game action. Of course, he's not going to be in all the right places at all the right times yet, but he's still learning. And I think we saw some good things from him because he's going to be able to show his value in being a smaller inside linebacker in coverage. And I think he did a good job of that from the few instances that he was able to beat, drop back, and you know maybe cover that tight end over the middle. But yeah, I think Iggy, obviously he's going to have more playing time. He's going to get more used to his role and just get used to this Vic Fangio defense now being healthy. So I liked what I saw from him. Obviously we need to see more you know, with the two preseasons coming up. Preseason, preseason, preseason games. games. Yeah, if we have to endure two more preseasons, especially the late ones. I don't know. If uh, Saturday late. night preseason <laughs> games. That's everything I live for, guys. Uh, anything else about Iggy? Uh, growing pains, I think, is the one thing. Because uh, you mentioned him running the opposite way when the ball is going to his right, and he's running left. Uh, just things of that nature. Uh, I'm not taking it this game uh, with much value for him right now. He really just needs to get out there and get some reps. And he got some very valuable reps out there. So I, I think that's really all he needed, and he's going to learn from this. Uh, I'm not overly impressed with him in his rookie debut. Uh, but, again, I'm not going to put a whole ton of value on it just because there's some things that he need. He just needs to get out on the field. What I'm impressed is uh, impressed by is those biceps. I think I want to see him and Thomas Jones next to each other because Thomas Jones had some arms. I know. It's uh. No, I think he looks bigger than what he's listed at, like the six one, whatever. Yeah, he looks way bigger than his listing. Which I, I mean, he looked like it. Like when he was always drafted, like oh, he's gonna be a small inside guy. He looked like an inside linebacker tonight in terms of like you know his physical stature. So for me, you know, just another observation, just in case for those I know not everyone gets to see the preseason game. Uh, so unless you're watching the replay on NFL Network or something, so just something to let you know for those who maybe aren't able to watch. Um, but let's bounce outside here. We already talked about Leonard Floyd. I didn't get to do much before the injury. Um, Sam Macho, the one memory I have of him is when uh, they had a play action inside and he just got sucked all the way in, allowed uh, you know Keenum to bounce out and make an easy throw. And right, no, no, no. You know, you want to keep that gap integrity, maintain that contain. Uh, he didn't do it there, but it's things like, you know, if he's a more athletic linebacker, maybe he has the closing speed to make up for it. But he doesn't, and that's when it hurts you when you don't, you know, maintain the contain, and uh, you get sucked in on a play fake. And then in terms of uh, Kylie Fitz, Isaiah Irving, I didn't see a whole lot, guys, and it's a little scary, uh, especially you know Floyd already getting hurt, uh, Aaron Lynch seemingly never going to get healthy, and then we just have Sam Ocho and these guys. Uh, we have uh, Ed Bali. Yeah, we can talk about him. He had the sack, but I'm still getting more and more by the day, slightly worried about the already. Razor thin depth that we had at outside linebacker, and we knew it coming in. And now it's like this may really be a problem this season. A lot of pressure on the defensive line to keep up the sack numbers. But uh, let's go over to Nick here about the outside guys. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much to say about these outside guys. We did not see anything really from Kylie Fitz, Isaiah Irving, who had, you know, a first good game uh, in that Ravens game. But other than that, it's really been trickling down for them. Um, in terms of, you know, guys that maybe can step up. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
that's going to be a question just to see who's able to, you know, produce with these last two preseason games. But we've seen Eddie Bali. Brandon, we were talking about that last week who, you know, like who's this Eddie Bali guy just coming out of nowhere. And, you know, he had a really good sack today, dipping down underneath the tackle and just wrapping up uh, the quarterback backs and Lynch. So uh, impressive to see by him. Maybe, you know, if he consistently does that, maybe he does earn himself a roster spot, but you definitely want to see one of these younger guys step up because like Will just said, the Bears are razor thin at outside linebacker. A big an injury to Acho or Leonard Floyd, that's you know no good for this defense. They need their outside guys. They're utilized a lot in Vic Fangio's system, but we'll see what happens come the preseason games. All right, guys, let's go on over to the secondary here. And I want to mention that it was really interesting because you saw uh, Wednesday uh, for the outside corner in place of uh, Mukamara, who's out with an injury. Uh, they had uh, a mixture of Marcus Cooper, who did not play tonight, and uh, Doran Grant. That didn't happen tonight. Instead, they had Bryce Callahan playing outside, Craven LeBlanc in the nickel, and LeBlanc played for the majority, actually the entirety of this game out there, and he played really well, of course. We already talked about that earlier in the show. Um, but I thought that was an interesting look. I know they've done it in the past, but I thought it was an example to see what they have in the younger guys in terms of perhaps on the outside corner. But I think it's also smart for them to kind of like test Callahan uh, on the outside as well to see if they can do this moving forward in a regular season and if it'll be effective. I think we saw today it would be effective because I think that's the value of having a Craven LeBlanc, that backup nickel corner, because Callahan's a hybrid and even LeBlanc's a hybrid who can play inside or out. So they're very versatile how they can combat a possible injury to one of the starters in uh, Kyle Fuller or Prince Mukamara. So for me, uh, that lineup in general was pretty interesting. But what about you, Nick, in terms of the secondary? Yeah, so, I mean, Bryce Callahan's a guy that I really like. And re regardless if he's, you know, at the nickel or we saw him outside at, you know, outside cornerback, he's a guy that can just stick to a man and play that guy consistently. And that's what I really like about Callahan. And LeBlanc, you know, a guy that I've been critical about in the past, you know, had a pretty good game today. Uh, able to stick in coverage and obviously had that forced fumble with that peanut punch. So uh, I thought he did, you know, did better. And obviously he's a guy wasn't being talked about a lot. So, you know, this is a game where, you know, the coaches are going to look at it. Okay. Look, Craven LeBlanc showing that versatility playing the nickel can play outside. Um, he's done it in the past. So that's good for him. Um, in terms of the younger guys, though, it's pretty disappointed. I picked Dorian Grant to be, you know, my MVP coming into the game. Didn't have a very good game. Michael Joseph didn't have a very good game. And, a guy that we want to see have a good game but didn't, Kevin Tolliver, a guy that, you know, looks like we, like when we were watching, he said he just looks the part. He's big physical corner, but, you know, just consistently getting beat, just not able to stay with his man, you know, whipped on a tackle. Like these things, they they add up. And he's not a, he's a guy that, you know, had some character issues. And if he can't play or consistently show good things on the field, you know, he's not going to be on this team much longer. What about you, B? Anything in the corners that you'd like to mention? Yeah. Uh, Kelly Nick said very underwhelmed, I guess, by the younger guys. I thought Michael Joseph had the better day out of the three, but Kevin Tolliver really stood out to me as far as a guy who did not have a good day, just consistently turned around, uh, either not looking for the ball when it comes to his way or his body's in the wrong position uh, when covering his guy downfield. Uh, kind of frustrating for me. He had one really nice tackle uh, there in run defense. But outside of that, I mean, he just did not have a very good game, in my opinion. Uh, overall, the safeties were pretty quiet. I was disappointed in Eddie Jackson uh, early in the game. There was one point where he meets the running back and he just immediately goes for the ball, which is totally fine. Uh, but when he covers it up with both hands, I think you kind of have to just make the tackle because then Nick Wachowski ended up having to come in to finish the job because Eddie Jackson was a little 
little busy trying to get the football out at the time. And I don't know if I should bring up that my man DHC got uh, leveled by a tight end. I mean, literally just kind of pushed him off and put him on the ground. And I was like, oh, come on, man. You know, that, that was kind of disappointing for me. Um, and special teams wise, because DeAndre Hall's a safety on special teams, you got to recognize when the guy's calling the, the fair catch. I was losing that one for some reason. I mean, it was a very, very nice hit, uh, but he called for the fair catch, and that's going to be a penalty every time. So just mental lapses. It's nice to see DeAndre Hill. He's he's always out there with the energy, with the energy. That's really, really really nice. And I think that's one thing that he has as far as an edge, if he's going to make the team, is he brings that energy. Uh, But you got to be able to play smart at the same time. You took the words right out of my mouth when you said that the safeties were quiet. I mean, even just looking at the stats, one tackle for Eddie Jackson, uh, one tackle for Deion Bush, one tackle for DeAndre Hall, uh, two for DeAndre Houston Carson, and one for Adrian Amos. Uh, that's it, guys. That's weird. That's really weird to have only like six tackles from the safety position in general uh, for the for the entirety of the game. I know guys like Bush, Hall, and uh, Houston Carson were out there after what halfway through the second quarter, and they're only able to come up with four tackles between the three of them. That's a little. That's. I mean, that means the front seven's probably doing their job. I yes. mean, there's you could take it two ways, but you want to. But the were they? Because they typically like Adrian Amos is usually one or Eddie Jackson do more. that lead the team in tackles. Yeah. But my thing was, I saw a lot of missed tackles by the secondary today in general. So there's a lot that was left on the board. So for me, a little bit sloppy. Uh, something that I gave them a lot of praise in the preview show, saying like I haven't had a lot of negative things to say. Well, they gave me some things tonight to say, so I guess they wanted to make a point, and hopefully they don't do that next week. Um, but so for me, uh, yeah, very quiet. Nothing to say in terms of the safeties. Nick's shaking his head, so I don't need to hand over the mic. So final thoughts on defense, wrapping up this side of the ball, uh, what you saw tonight, and all of that good stuff. Let's go over to B. Aside from getting put in poor positions by the offense or – uh, bad penalties here and there, which I guess is on the defense, I guess. So I guess excluding that last point, just being put in bad positions by the offense, this defense overall in general is still very, very solid. Don't let the 23 points that they gave up be discouraging uh, because there there are ways that that can be combated by paying, playing complimentary football, something we've talked about uh, throughout the offseason at, at various times. Uh, so given a little bit more help, uh, and I thought the offense played complimentary football early, had a, a nice, long, sustained first drive, uh, kept the defense off the field, uh, which was nice, was able to keep them energized. And I think they forced a three and out right away, which was super, super, super cool. Very, very solid defense uh, as a whole. Uh, so I think just once the complimentary football comes all the way around, I mean, this defense is going to be just fine, despite being razor thin and outside linebacker. But they're overall very, very strong. I'm just glad they only gave up 23 points because I was a little worried when they gave up 20 in the first half alone. They only gave up three in the third quarter, nothing in the fourth. Um, but the drives that they gave up in the second quarter, those 15 points, it's just too easy. They're allowing Denver to just march right down the field. And it was just, again, like I said, just a too easy. Uh, not a lot of resistance by the Bears defense. Uh, wide open coverage, poor penalties, uh, just not doing a lot. Especially when it came to the red zone, it seemed like Denver's able to punch it in. Uh, with ease so for me i was glad to see them uh in halftime make adjustments come out there with a different attitude put the half behind them and go out there and turn things around so for me uh resiliency uh might be a big one here but again uh clean up the tackling clean up the tackling nick you know just a quick one right here i just liked what i saw from the defensive line i think that was the strongest unit that played tonight and you know that's exactly where the bears are probably gonna get most of their pass rush if Again, these outside linebackers are not able to produce. It's good to see that younger guys on the defensive line are making plays. 
All right, guys, that's going to take us to our fourth quarter of our show, which is going to begin with our quick hit on special teams. Uh, for me, you know, Cody Parkey, he missed that 52-yarder to start things off. It's already his second miss of the preseason. He's been hit or miss in practice as well, which someone who came in having a very consistent year in Miami, he tried to be confident because it's only preseason doesn't matter, but I'm losing confidence and I hope he's not because if he's losing any confidence, that's not going to bode well once he gets to the regular season. Um, they did have a drive that got down into Broncos territory. And it was like third and like 17, 18, 20 ish. And the bears did a little screenplay and it went nowhere. And I was a little upset by the play call for a minute. And I was like, well, wait, maybe they just wanted the uh, Cody Parkey to go out there and get an extra field goal attempt because those are, you know, they're valuable. So getting just another opportunity for him, he's able to hit that field goal. Of course. So, and he hit the extra points. Uh, so he was able to turn it around, but still missing two now in the preseason is a little worrisome in my book. Uh, Brandon has his hand raised. I'm handing over the mic. Well, the, the two that he's missed in preseason are both from 52, I do believe. And kind of a funny story before the game started. And, you know, I kind of looked at these guys and I said, you know, we're up in Denver. The ball's going to try a little further. You know, what's what's the furthest point that we that they hit a field goal and Will goes 52 yards? <laughs> well, they attempted one from 52. Nick, any other special teams things that you want to mention? Do you want to give Cravon a coaching tip? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's right for a punt returner as of right now. That's, But that's a position that the Bears, I think, still need to find out who's a true punt returner. Obviously, Tree Cohen's probably the lead guy there. But other than that, I mean, you know, obviously you want to preserve Cohen for the season. Maybe you don't want to put him there, out there at punt returner every time. But uh, kick return is another position. I think it was at Davis today. Uh, getting Was it Nile Davis? Nile Davis. Nile Davis. Davis. See, yeah, a name that we're kind of looking at, like, what, Nile Davis? But, yeah, again, there's people fighting for that kick return spot. That's not solidified yet. So you want to see somebody, you know, break away and just kind of take that job. But, you know, three preseason games in and no one's really taking it. I feel like they're just not wanting to show who's going to have those jobs because you have Niall Davis out there doing it. And then you have Craven LeBlanc. That's not going to happen in a regular season. Uh, it's going to be three Cohen probably for punts and then for kickoff, Benny and Benny didn't play tonight, Benny Cunningham. Yeah. So maybe just giving Niall a look, but uh, it was interesting uh, to say the least. All right, guys. Uh, it is now uh, 1235 in the morning. So let's go ahead and uh, call our two minute warning. And uh, this is kind of where we wrap up our thoughts on the game and put everything into perspective moving forward. And let's go over to B for his two minute warning. Yeah, to start, I want to reflect on the on my state of the game, the 64 uh, percent uh, completion percentage for Trubisky. I think that's just a very, very good sign that the offense is trending in the right direction because under Dow Loggins, it was hit or miss whether or not he'd hit 60 percent. And oh, I said his name anyway, <laughs> my bad. Uh, anyway, uh, he finished the season last year with 59%. And I said at the end of the year and kind of throughout the, the offseason that he needs to be able to get that up over 60%. And if he's going to continue to have games like this uh, where the scheme is going to be able to help get guys open, then I don't think he's going to have any issue with that. It's really going to really going to help Trubisky's growth. Uh, he just needs to be able to get out there and get some reps. And it was nice to see him out there longer uh, because combined, I think, between college and his first year, he only played 25 games, which is really kind of interesting. I figured, you know, really had to sit back and think about that. Like, why isn't he playing more in the preseason then? Like, I think he needs more reps. And I think that's exactly uh, what we're going to see next week because I guess that's kind of the dress rehearsal. And I doubt we'll see him much uh, in the last preseason game. I'd like to see him a little bit personally just because he needs more game time reps. He's only played. 25 regular season games. I don't expect him to play much in that one. I would like to see just a little bit, maybe a series or two. 
Anyway, back to my two-minute drive. <laughs> Overall, the offense is trending in the right direction, uh, despite having some miscommunication things here and there, uh, being sloppy. Uh, those are all things that are going to have to get fixed because Matt Nagy has preached a couple times he doesn't want to see the same mistake twice, and he'll get that fixed up before the regular season comes around. Defense, very strong, uh, something that Nick touched on. The defensive line uh, is going to have to be able to produce the sack numbers, especially because if Leonard Floyd's injury to his hand is anything severe, I mean, that kind of leaves Sam Macho, and he's not one who's going to uh, provide a lot of sacks. I would cap him at five, personally. Uh, the secondary, though, once Prince, Prince Mukamara comes back, overall a very solid group. I really don't have anything to worry about there. And then just to add uh, to the punt return thing, we've seen at one point in the game that Cravon LeBlanc, Eddie Jackson, three Cohen were all kind of standing there next to each other, kind of telling LeBlanc after like the third time he took a, a punt inside the five, like, you really can't do that, dude. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to see those guys are being uh, honest and truthful with each other and being able, being able to coach and correct those mistakes with each other. Accountability. Accountability. That's something, uh, no doubt. But no, no Trubisky in week four. Look at Shaheen. Look at look at look at Trevathan and look at them using quarterback sneaks. It's this week four preseason. They're gonna the other team's gonna play backups anyway. So what are you gonna get better from? And they're doing no, no. I don't want to take a chance with my franchise quarterback. I'm gonna go over to Nick now because no. I've been just watching this chat. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm supposed to uh, run. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you guys for you know you know just being in here and just talking. But supposedly I have a bet uh, a race actually with one of our uh, you know guys in the chat here. But oh that'll be fun. Uh, my two minute warning though. Uh, I like what I saw from the first team offense. They got better today. You know Trubisky did end it with that interception. I want to see how he comes back. You know against the Chiefs next week and just build off of everything before that. Because I think he made the right decisions, was able to throw the ball accurately, you know, trust his receivers, give him opportunities to make plays. So I want to see him build off of that, you know, and end his preseason strong going and then obviously going into the regular season against Green Bay. And then defensively, it's going to be interesting how the Bears approach this, because if they're getting injuries already, you do not want to have, you know, a Leonard Floyd, a Dane Trevath, anyone dinged up going into the regular season. So it's going to be interesting how they play that. But, you know, obviously this defense is, the, you know, the strength of this Bears team right now. Um, but come this, you know, fourth preseason game against the Chiefs, it'll be interesting how they play it. But, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Bears offense is trending in the right direction. That's a big one. That's a big one because, you know, last week they had zero direction. Actually, they had the opposite direction. <laughs> they were going backwards. And so for them to go forwards this week, uh, because if you're looking here at the def uh, in the offense, I actually want to pull this up because those, I was actually pretty uh, excited by what I saw here from the drives from the Bears starting offense their first one was uh let's see they started off with a touchdown no that's backwards sorry i am tired and is late so yeah they had the missed field goal but their first drive was 51 yards finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempur-pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. They had the one that was the safety that went backwards for five, and then they went out there for another 75 yards. So they put up over 120 yards on three drives, which that was all getting into the second quarter. So for them to do that, I mean, they're going to, that's average of almost 400 yards of offensive game. I know penalties played a factor in that, but they still were able to have those drives. So for me, uh, we went from not getting first downs to we had one scoring drive. So in next week's, 
dress rehearsal, we want to see them put multiple scoring drives out there, put some more points up on the board, sustain longer drives, avoid some of the same mistakes that we saw today from the offensive line. Uh, Tariq Cohen needs to look a little bit more sharp if they're actually going to have him and use him in a way that is going to be beneficial for his regular season uh, development. But overall, I think we saw some steps in the right direction. and We need to see it again. Uh, I think B already hit pretty well much on all the points in the defense that's good to take away. But hopefully next week, I think the big one would be getting Roquan Smith out there in some game action because, uh, as the great Brandon Hazlett said, you don't get better if you're not playing in the game. So uh, I can understand that one in the dress rehearsal game. And uh, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for my two-minute warning. I think we've hit on pretty much all the points that we needed to hit on uh, today for you in this Bears-Broncos post-game show. So... That's going to do it for this episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're going to be uh, you know, back soon as uh, we get closer to that dress rehearsal. But before I go, and I almost forgot to let you know um, that we are hosting a live Bears-Packers preview show on Saturday, September 8th. Time is to be determined. Uh, we should have that in the next week. Um, it's going to be at Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. So if you're interested in meeting and joining us for a live week one preview show in person, uh, feel free to reach us out to us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can send me an email at will at the bearsbros.com. Um, I'm going to be setting up a Facebook event as uh, for this as soon as we get that magazine done. And uh, yeah, we really do hope that some of you come out, support the show and uh, meet us on September 8th. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we want you to take part of that. But yeah. It's extremely late. It's uh, 1241, 1.41, my normal body clock time. Uh, it's Sunday morning. So for those, I know there's a bunch of you in the chat here. A lot of you watching live, you know, it's the third Bears preseason game. It's a Saturday night, but you still uh, chose to hang out with us. And I think that's pretty damn awesome. So I really do appreciate every single one of you who are here watching, uh, who will watch the replay. And of course, everyone listening on our podcast, we're going to talk to you soon. But until then... Bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.